Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 196th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53, North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, right way to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today because we got some pretty big recruiting news that we got to break down. Um, As earlier today, Carolina landed Ian Jackson, the five-star prospect, the guy that we previewed when we got you ready for the Boston College game uh, earlier this week. Well, this afternoon, he did choose the University of North Carolina. Um and this this is a pretty this is a pretty big recruitment, and there's a lot of just interesting intangibles that go along with that. Uh, Jackson is the number two overall player in the class according to twenty four seven sports. He's also the number two uh, shooting guard in that class as well. He is listed as with a grade of a ninety nine. If you look at his profile on there, which shouldn't come as too much of a surprise with him being a five star prospect, but He's about as as uh, he's about as highly rated as a prospect can get. Um, he's listed uh, he's listed on twenty four seven Sports at at six four, but Anthony did some digging and he's actually grown two inches. So he's actually uh, a six six shooting guard. Uh, he comes from the Bronx uh, out of out of New York, uh, an area that is going to be very fertile or hopes to be very fertile for Hubert Davis and this Carolina staff. But, you know, if if you go back to when we previewed this commitment, it wasn't that we knew that Carolina was didn't have a chance. I mean, Hubert Davis saw him play Sunday night ahead, ahead of his commitment. So Carolina felt like they were still strongly in the running. But he was pretty much all but a, a lock to go to Kentucky. He was, you know, he was crystal balled there. He, he picked up predictions from a lot of different recruiting services to to go play for John Calipari and the Wildcats. And then about three hours before his commitment, it all just kind of flipped where he, he everyone just all of a sudden had this inkling that 
he was going to Carolina, um, which means that something got leaked out of whether from him or from someone close to him because he did a as good a job as I've ever seen a a five star prospect keeping his recruitment on the down low. He never released he never released a top ten, a top five. He never even released anything about his actual commitment. They were just people that do recruiting stuff for a living that had the information and they were the ones to report it. And so, you know, we, we talked about when we previewed his commitment that maybe the stuff at Kentucky with John Calipari maybe leaving for Texas, uh, maybe if this Kentucky team that is currently projected to miss the, the, the NCAA tournament misses the field altogether, maybe he just gets outright fired. It does appear that that stuff played a, a role in his his in his ultimate commitment, and that's how the main reason why he ends up in Chapel Hill. But, buddy, make no mistake, whether it's a part of John Calipari's failings or some some other stuff going around, this is a pretty big recruitment for Hubert Davis, who continues to to prove to you know the Tar Heel fan base, the rival fan bases on the recruiting trail, and the rest of the country that him and his staff, they're going to be a force to reckon with on that recruiting trail. Well, that that's the biggest thing to recognize here is even if that is a major factor in this recruitment, that Kentucky is struggling the way that they are, that John Calipari could potentially uh, be heading for Texas at some point, it, it doesn't matter because Carolina was in this, I think regardless, they had an opportunity because of the way that Hubert Davis and his staff uh, recruited especially towards the end um, in in this one. So I, I just, to me, there really should not be any other questions about Hubert Davis and, and his staff at this point. They have done an unbelievably tremendous job at establishing themselves as a recruiting power. And the reason why it's different than, you know, Duke or – whoever could potentially take over for Calipari if it's a splash higher is that those teams were already recruiting at the highest level. One of the issues late on, and again, I, I hate to say it because we are Roy Williams guys, but one of the biggest problems that, you know, people had with this team the last few years under Roy Williams was that they didn't feel like they were recruiting at least consistently on the level that some of these other big time programs in the sport were. And now Carolina is there. There is no denying that Carolina is recruiting at the level that they need to, to be able to compete with the top teams in the country. And to land this commitment is huge. There's, there's still work to do here. I feel like this is still one that Carolina is going to have to continue to recruit even after the commitment where you look at another guy in this class, like Drake Powell, it feels like Carolina, that's that's one that they've kind of got locked up. Ian Jackson, not quite in that same category. But this is the type of talent that you want Carolina to be able to bring in to headline these types of classes. Because when Carolina was at its best, they were bringing in this type of talent. When they were competing um, you know, for national championships year in and year out, this was the type of talent that Carolina had on the roster sort of headlining their team. And then you bring in the guys that are two, three, four-year guys 
um, behind them to build the classes fully. So th- this is this is exactly what we were hoping for for Carolina. Um, and, and I think this is this is a statement to the rest of of college basketball that Carolina is back to recruiting with the best. If for some reason there was any question that Hubert Davis wouldn't be able to do that when taken over for Roy Williams. Yeah, I mean, you look at th- this class that he's joining, this is going to be as heralded a recruiting class that Carolina's brought in. You look at the last recruiting class that Roy Williams brought in, I think it ended up the number two overall class. Um, but with, with his retirement, you know, none of those guys really stayed through for the long haul. This is going to be the type of class that's going to be a generational foundational piece of Hubert Davis, uh, of, of Hubert Davis's program. Kind of like that Ty Lawson Wayne Ellington class was back in the mid 2000s, even though Roy Williams had already went to a Final Four and won a national championship at Carolina. It was that recruiting class that really just, you know, cemented Carolina as a staying power under his watch. Hubert Davis been on the job a year and a half, and all he's done is win 72% of his games while taking the team to the Final Four and the national championship game. We've looked at that 2024 class as one that's going to be very important because by then a lot of the the members from last year's team will have fully exited the program. And it looks like it's going to be a a, a group of kids that are going to be, you know, transcendent in the next era of Carolina basketball because he joins a class that already has the five-star commitment of 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 Elliot Cadu, the number one point guard in his class, and those four star prospects, as you mentioned, and James Brown and Drake Powell. And when you look at Ian Jackson specifically, this is this is the type of kid that you know. Whenever you hear a New York guard, you know, and and all the the cliches that come with it, he's tough, he's physical, he's aggressive. He he definitely fits the bill. He he loves to play downhill he loves to play in the open court he competes on both ends of the court and 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 that's just going to be you know something that you know Hubert Davis is going to relish in because he pretty much said when they went to play in MSG against Ohio State we're coming to play in this city in some capacity as long as I'm the head coach because I want to recruit here Um, and they'll be there next year when they play in the Jimmy V Classic and it's a pretty smart mindset to take. Um, Frank McGuire beat the or Frank McGuire built the 1957 team with with players from New York City and the surrounding areas. And because Dean Smith was on that staff that recruited those players when he took over as head coach, all those all those relationships stayed intact, and Carolina was able to go up there and get the players that they wanted and the players that they needed and. Towards the end of Roy Williams' time, that was pretty pretty evident here. They went and got uh, Cole Anthony from New York. You've got R.J. Davis, who was right across the, the river from New Jersey. And now you've got Simeon Wiltshire. And now you've got um, Ian Jackson coming to, to Chapel Hill. And, you know, I, I think it's just going to be really fun to watch Carolina really put their, their footprint on that recruiting area. Because you know who used to dominate that area in recent memory? It was our biggest rivals. 
Duke had a pretty great uh, had had a stranglehold on being able to go into the inner cities like or the inner city like New York City or maybe going to Chicago and coming away with the top talent. Well, now Carolina's now fully in New York, and they they've even went to Chicago. That's where James Brown is out of, which means that this rivalry between Duke and Carolina, it's not going to die on the court, and it's definitely not going to die off the court. Before we got on here, you said you had spent the last 30, 40 minutes looking at his highlights, looking at his film. What about him and his game stood out to you the most? Well, first, I mean, the thing that I, I thought was it should excite Toriel fans just off the bat about him is just the, the speed that he has, the quickness in the open four. This dude is going to push the pace like no other player that we've seen here in recent memory. Um, because, I mean, you talked about, you know, some of the guys that Carolina has gone and, and landed out of New York. Well, Cole Anthony, that that was, you know, the only guy, the, the guy that was, you know, the highest rated player that Carolina had landed up until they landed Ian Jackson today. Um, I, I mean, this is, he he's just, he's going to get out in the open court and fly. And I think with him, it, it's going to be interesting to see because he's probably not going to play on the ball, but he is a dude that if he gets the ball in his hands, he is going to want to get down the court and score. And that's what Carolina really should want to get back to. Um, because when they play with that pace, and we've seen it even this year, when they play with that pace, there really aren't many teams in the country that can keep up with that. Um, and, and I think that's something that Carolina's kind of lacked in, you know, here in recent years, they just don't have the guards that want to get out and run and, and really, you know, create havoc for other teams and and make it a a game that is up and down, you know, and again, look, you've got to have the bigs that can be able to do it, but we've talked about it multiple times. This is going to become a more guard heavy lineup there. The, the, the goal at, at some point here for Hubert Davis is to be able to play with three guards, a wing and a big. And I think that if, if you're able to do that, you should be able to get back to running. And this is one of those guys that should be able to do that. Um, you know, in terms of him as a shooter, I mean, you can definitely see there's a shooting touch there not the most efficient three-point shooter. If you just look at his stats from uh, the AAU circuit and, you know, even if you go back to uh, his time, you know, the two FIBA tournaments that he played in much better the second time around this past year in the U 17, where he actually led them in scoring with 11.9 points per game, leading them to uh, team USA to a gold medal. Um, but I think that's probably the one area that he has to work on the most. I mean, of course, I think defensively, you know, he's going to be a guy that is going to be your typical high volume scorer type of player, um, coming out of the high school ranks. You're you're not really going to expect a ton from him on the defensive end of the floor, but with his quickness, I, I think there, there is defensive upside there. Um, and the other thing that I really liked about him is just watching the way that he handles the basketball. 
Um, his ball skills are tremendous. I mean, he is is not a guy, at least from what I've seen, doesn't look like he's a guy that's going to turn the ball over a lot um, because he, he's just that smooth with the ball. The amount of times that he's able to go behind the back and, you know, just drive right past guys still is pretty amazing. And I really liked his ability to create separation for himself, whether that was creating separation to drive to the rim, creating separation to um, take a mid-range jump shot, or even take take a three. I, I thought he did a great job of constantly creating his own separation. And that's something that, you know, we've seen it this year. At, at, at times, you know, Carolina wants to play, a, or, or their guards at least, want to play a more NBA-centric um, type, of, uh, type of offense. And it just it doesn't work because they're not the greatest guys at, in, in terms of creating separation. Well, this dude can can do that. Um, it's something that I don't think you should want to see too much at the college level because there's a reason why it really is something that you only have seen NBA guys do for years. It takes a lot of time to learn how to create that amount of separation by yourself consistently, but he he's definitely got what it takes to be able to create that type of separation if he needs to. And I, I just, th this is a dude that fits the bill as a five-star prospect as the number two player in the country and there is a ton of reason to be excited if you are a Tar Heel fan. Yeah, I mean, I know when you were talking about him in terms of wanting to push the pace, I mean, that made me feel some type of way, and it should make you feel some type of way. That way, whenever, you know, we get to start watching him play, you don't have to listen to me yell, push the ball for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, because, like, I typically say, like, three things during a game. That's, like, one of my three things. That I go to, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's easy to see why Carolina puts such an emphasis on him because he just feels like a natural fit for what Hubert Davis wants to do, and I think that's something that that we got to keep in mind when we watch this current team, and, and really give Hubert Davis even more praise for what he did last year is the fact that those those guys aren't his guys. Um, I mean, the, the freshmen that came in this year, they are his guys. Like what he did last year or, or with, with, with Roy Williams players, did he help recruit them? Yes. But he was recruiting them to play for Roy Williams. He wasn't recruiting them to play for Hubert Davis. And so this is a guy that is a Hubert Davis guy. It's why, you know, you talk about the three guard lineup with the dynamic wing and then the big man. If he continues to grow, and I mean, look, he, he's grown two more inches, you know, here recently. Maybe he he becomes a, uh, you know, that that dynamic wing, and then you still have three other guards on the floor, and you have Jalen Washington, James Brown, whoever down down low. But you know, and this is something that you wanted to talk about is that you know you look at this class, and look, it's I mean, it's number one class. Even if they don't add a single commit the rest of the way it's going to be hard to see anybody taking over you know this 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 class from a rating from a rankings perspective there's still another guy that carolina is heavily in, invested in and that's the five-star wing prospect that is trenton flowers out of combine academy 
which is in Lincolnton, North Carolina. And that that was a, a school that was started by former Tar Heel Jeff McInnes, who was no longer involved with Combine. And when he departed, everybody thought he was departing for Huber Davis's staff. That ultimately didn't happen. But, you know, you, you were talking last night when we previewed the commitment that even if he comes to Carolina, um, you know, they, 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 they shouldn't stop recruiting other guys in that cycle. And I'm here to tell you that they're not because when you got a five-star prospect in state, you want to you want to really you know set a bad precedent and get all and and create a bad relationship with a a coach or a program. That's the best way to do it. And if 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 Hubert Davis can find a way to reel in Trenton Flowers and add him to a class with already two five stars and two four stars. Um, we're going to be saying a lot of things about Hubert Davis as a recruiter that we say about John Calipari, uh, Coach K when he was going the one-and-done route, Bill Self, and the like. I mean, that would be just an unbelievable haul because you're talking about five commitments. Now, the, again, the thing is is that this class, there are chances, it seems, like both Elliot Cadu and Ian Jackson could possibly look to reclassify. It's it's possible with guys that are that talented, there's always a chance that they could. So it, it, at the end of the day, it could look a lot different. But yes, you have to continue to recruit. First of all, Trenton Flowers is one, too talented and an in-state prospect. So yes, you can't, you can't just completely eliminate him in terms of, recruits because I I think you you know there is going to be a lot of change coming moving forward for you know for this team in terms of the veterans that will be leaving um I mean you're you're talking about I mean we said it coming into this season there was a chance that you could see Carolina lose all four of the major guys that returned from last year and I, I don't know if R.J. Davis is a guy that's going to leave early. Um, I, I, I still, at this point, I don't even know if Caleb Love is a guy that's going to leave early. I'm not, I don't know if he's really going to have the option to leave early. But um, so, but I, I still think that you know, over the next two years, you will see those guys depart. So Carolina is going to have to sort of restock, and I think they have to be able to do that. Uh, by building, you know, not only, you know, talent, but depth with with these two recruiting classes that they are bringing in. And so far, you know, in the 2023 class, they only signed two guys. So 2024 is really where they are, the, the class they are using to fully restock. And so, yeah, Trenton Flowers is a guy that uh, you're still wanting to recruit. Same thing with Jaron Stevenson. A guy from Pittsburgh, North Carolina, who the Tar Heels are in good standing with. And he's another guy, 6'8", um, listed as a power forward. But basically him and Trenton Flowers are kind of in the same you know, neighborhood. They're going to be guys that can play on the wing for you, that can play uh, that, that versatile four spot that you're going to want um, in that system that I just talked about a minute ago that Hubert Davis ultimately wants to work to. So... Uh, yeah, there's there's no doubt that Carolina is still looking for that because that's the one thing that Carolina has really lacked over these last few years more than anything else. 
Um, really, I mean, since Cam Johnson left, this team has not had an elite wing player. And nope. we've seen, look, the guard play can take you so far. The big man play can take you so far. For Carolina to get back to being that team that we feel confident in to win a national championship year in and year out, I feel like you have to find that elite wing player. So, yes, they have to continue to search that out in this 2024 class. And whether it's Trenton Flowers or Jaron Stevenson, I, I would imagine they are going to keep in contact with them. And the other thing is, is look, as we talked about, you know, earlier on, there are some people that still believe that the only reason that Ian Jackson committed to Carolina was because of everything that's going on with Kentucky. Um, there's, there is the thought that he could, you know, if the NBA does lift uh, their age restriction and allows players to go straight out of high school, that he could go straight to the NBA. And there's also always the possibility of the NBA G League. We've, we've, that, we've come to know that here over the last few years. Uh, NIL may sort of change that a little bit, but I don't think you can rule out them at least still staying in contact with another guy from the state of New York, a combo guard in Boogie Flan. Those are the three names that I would monitor moving forward uh, if I were you, but I think especially the two in-state wing guys are, are, are the big names to know. Yeah, you know, when it comes to the other guys, I mean, like, I would put a premium mainly on Flowers and Stevenson because they're in-state guys. If Boogie Flan ends up in Chapel Hill, the amount of jokes I'm going to make about that and try to say his name without laughing will really be a, the ultimate test of my professionalism. As regards to the NBA and the, you know, if if they lift the age restriction, I maybe this is my ignorance showing. I still think that that Carolina has enough of a pool to where you can you can still get the 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 type of kids that maybe are NBA ready to come and experience what it is to play at the University of North Carolina. And also, it doesn't help that you have a 18 year vet uh, NBA assistant and Pat Sullivan on your staff. That'll be even better to evaluate these prospects and other than, than other top staffs. And, and he'll still have all the connections to really give the type of kids that maybe have that option the type of feedback they need to they need to have to make the right decision. Well, like also NIL, don't, don't discount, yeah, the NIL stuff, man. We've seen it in football. This, this is this is gonna change the game. There will be kids that will decide that going to even going to the NBA that there is not as much money in going to the NBA straight out of high school as there is going to college at this point, which is just insane to think how quickly that has become an actual storyline. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you look at, you know, the, 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 the NIL money that Armando Baycott's making, he's going to make, you know, North of, you know, five hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. There, there are going to be other guys that, as you know, this thing becomes just more, I guess, more comfortable. You'll start to see the type of offers, you know, that 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 these businesses and these companies will be willing to offer these type of kids. And you know, like like Mac Brown said, all during the recruiting process, we do it the right way. Carolina is going to go about it 
you know, the right way on the basketball side of things for sure. Um, and, and that's going to play that, – that's going to play a factor, I I do think, and, and, and still trying to get these kids here because, you know, you can still go on to the NBA and have a great career, but if you could be a part of the Carolina basketball family – which is, you know, it, which and it's a real thing, and you hear it talked about all the time in the NBA. Then, you know, you, you, kids are are going to want to give up that experience because once you're in that family, you're in that family, you know, virtually forever. And, and so, I I still think that even if the NBA does lift that age restriction, there will be enough of a pull to get the right type of kids here for Carolina to win at the level that they are expected to win at. So, with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you the latest ad we have from DraftKings. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at how Ian Jackson fits at UNC, look at some potential lineups and more. That's coming up next on the Four Corners Podcast, back after this message from DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get free bets back up to $10. Action is so good. Why bet playoff? Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I know I don't. I'll be placing a bet on my Dallas Cowboys as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can, and, and the experience is, is fun. It's easy. It's so convenient. All on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. So all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TBPN. PN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all those great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. And, you know, when you start looking at projected starting lineups in 2024, it's, it's kind of tricky because you don't quite just know who's all going to be here. There's a scenario where both Caleb Love and R.J. Davis could still be in Chapel Hill because they have a COVID year that's going to be at their disposal. Ultimately, do I think that do I think that will happen? No, I think Caleb Love, one way or another, moves on after this season. I do think R.J. Davis will be back for his senior season before he moves on. So now you look at the current guards that are on your lineup right now. You've got. You've got DeMarco Dunn. You've got Seth Trimble. I think we're really comfortable in saying that both of these guys are going to be around in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I would be. I would be shocked. The the one. I don't think Dunn is is the one that you're you're really worried about. I would. The only reason I would say Trimble is because. If you have, we we talked about it with Elliot Cadu potentially reclassifying, you could have that log jam in the backcourt. But but again, I, I think there's there's so much more that goes into it with 
Trimble. This is a dude that I think really wanted to play for Carolina. That was his ultimate goal. So, yeah, I mean, I would believe both of those guys will definitely be there um, for for the 2024 season. Yes. Yeah, then you have, you know, Tyler Nickel, who, who's a guard slash, you know, wing player. Um, Dontrez Styles doesn't really factor into that guard type of discussion, even though Heber Davis did use him a lot certain times on ball situations when he was a big part of their run last year to the national title game. And you look ahead to that 2023 class, the only backcourt player currently uh, committed to UNC is Simeon Wilcher. Um, So it it would feel like if Carolina were to add another backcourt player, it would come in the variety of the transfer portal. And we've seen so far the way Hubert Davis has, has attacked the portal. He goes after experienced guys that are going to be here for one year and then move on. And so I, I think when you look at Ian Jackson, as much as any player in recent memory that Carolina has recruited, I guess the most recent one, you know, would be Caleb Love and RJ Davis. And then I guess uh, Cole Anthony, this is going to be a guy that upon arriving in Chapel Hill, barring something unforeseen, will start in that Carolina backcourt from day one. Oh, I don't think there is there is any question about that. He's just too talented. And as we mentioned, you know, again, they're, they're more than likely, especially by that point, going to be a, a three-guard lineup. So I find it extremely difficult to imagine a scenario where he does not start. He's just there's, – there's too much talent there. And I think the fact that he can push the floor, it is they, – they, I know Hubert Davis knows that when this team is at its best, it's when they can get out in space and run. And so I think he will want to find a way to get him in the lineup um, from the word go. And, yes, I definitely think that he will be a starter in some capacity. I mean, if I had to project forward, if he stays in the 2024 class, um, you would imagine that, I mean, so Wilcher, Wilcher's tough, man, because he is extremely talented. So I could definitely see him being a one-and-done guy. But just what we've seen here recently, I would I, I, w- I would think that you're you're probably going to have Wilcher um, still a part of that backcourt. I would imagine your point guard probably is Elliott Cadu. I think either way, I know that he is he's a guy that um, could reclassify. But I think, you know, he he fits. We've talked about it. He fits that more modern uh, or or the, the more old school point guard, rather. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to have to develop a, a little bit as a scorer before he can go to the NBA. So I'd imagine that he would be back there. And then I think Ian Jackson would probably be your guy um, that w- would start for you probably at, at that third guard spot uh, because at 6'6", uh, he has the size to be able to do that. So, yeah, that, I would imagine that that would probably be what it looks like, and he would start as a true freshman. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I'm right there with you, and I think that that leads us to the, the 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 fun discussion of reasonable expectations for him when he arrives. I mean, he's going to be as, as high a rated recruit as Carolina has brought in since Harrison Barnes, right up there. I mean, Cole Anthony was – 
a really highly talented prospect. But as I said, his 24-7 grade is a 99.5. So like it's or 0.995. So like it's really hard to, to to really grade out any better than he has. And so you know, upon his arrival, there's going to be lofty expectations. And and, and I think the thing is gonna be is for him is to really be the difference maker on both ends of the court that you have the potential to be. And I think I think one thing about the way Hubert Davis wants to play and once he gets his guys in here is we've we've seen that traditional learning curve for for players upon going from high school to 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 Carolina. I do think under Hubert Davis that's going to lessen a little bit. Mainly because when you look at other schools and the way that they play, really if you look at Arkansas in Alabama, for instance, they don't ask a whole lot out of their players. There's not as much responsibility now for guys when they're on the court because the game is so positionless and it's really just a game that is built on pace, uh, uh, space and pace. And so I don't think it's unfair to, to think this guy could come in and average double-figure points scoring you know, uh, for a season and do so in a rather efficient manner. I know you mentioned that his three-point shot um, from you know when you look at his his time in AAU last year wasn't probably where you want it to be, but I, I look at those numbers and I take them for what they're worth because you're playing in you know weird settings. Sometimes you're playing at eight nine o'clock in the morning. You know I I would figure to or, or I would reckon to believe that if you put him in an ideal situation. Every time he walks on the court, this guy is going to be an efficient score. Not the volume score like we've seen with Love and Davis right now. And this is going to be a guy that can come in here, be a difference maker, putting the ball in the basket, but do so in an efficient manner while also competing his tail off on the defensive end. And, and I think that's I think that's going to be what he's going to do when he shows up. I think he's going to be a guy that even if he's one and done, Kind of like Kobe White. He'll be a guy that when whenever he left, you know that even though he was in Chapel Hill for one season, he left his impact on this program. Oh, I mean, I think he definitely has the chance to do that. It's just I feel like there are a lot of people that 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 want to pump the brakes just a little bit because of some of the guys that we've seen uh, come through Chapel Hill here recently. And, you know, I, I, I hate to to say it, but Caleb Love, I think it's the guy that probably gives people the most hesitation. Um, but I think, you know, you go back and look at the last guy that was this highly rated in Cole Anthony. And I, look, I know that in terms of where he ranks all time and it, it, with, with guys that have been through campus in Chapel Hill, he's, he's not going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to remember like some of the other great point guards. But if you go back to that season and when he was when he was out there actually playing and you watch the way that he played, he was a really, really good player as a freshman. He just did not have the help around him. Um, and that's the reason why Carolina was as bad as they were, not to mention he had the injury issues. So I, I think I, I, I want to take the measured approach as well and be a little bit hesitant to say that, look, we we expect this dude to come out and be, you know, a, a guy that's in the national player of the year race, because that's putting a lot 
on a player, even of, of this caliber. But I, I do think that there is reason to believe the way that he plays that this guy can come in and make a major, major impact early on. Um, and and I'm, I'm with you. I, I think he will be a much more efficient player because I think, as, as we said earlier, I think the, his biggest strength is the fact that he can get to the basket. Um, that's pretty much what you see him doing over and over again when you watch his highlights. That's the main area of focus for him on the offensive end of the floor. He's not a guy that is just seeking out his shot over and over again, um, which we see that from a lot of guys nowadays. We see that, you know, especially at the high school level. You see a lot of guys that – they, they they are looking to shoot the basketball. You don't see many guys that want to get downhill the way that he does. And the other thing that I didn't really mention with him that I think will allow him to be extremely successful um, as well is is just the body size that that he has. That I mean, he is a he he can handle physicality. I, I mean, he he is a guy that is going to be ready to play through contact at the rim because he had to do it multiple times at the AAU circuit. He did it, you know, when he played uh, at, at, you know, in the FIBA uh, World Cups. So th- this is th- this is a, a legitimate player that, yes, I-, I think you could definitely see him coming in and averaging double figures. I could see him being a guy that um, is, you know, potentially – you know, going to be an all-conference, a uh, first-team all-conference player. I, I could definitely see that being possible. Um, I just think, you know, the, the, the thing is, is it's it, it's just there's going to be hesitation, and I think rightfully so because of the fact that uh, we've seen some guys that have come in here, we've put extremely high expectations on them right out of the gate, and they, they, they've had some early struggles that we probably should have realized were going to be there. Um, and, and, and we've just kind of overlooked it. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I definitely feel pretty confident in, in what he, he'll be able to bring. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, excited to see how this season unfolds for Carolina. Um, I, I, I do feel like they are rounding into the type in the form and becoming the type of team that's capable of winning, a national championship. We're of course going to be excited come for next season. But when you look at this two, two, this 2024 class and the guys that are bringing in, it's really hard not to be excited in, in a positive uh, manner about the, the future and outlook of Carolina basketball. Um, Huber Davis knows the responsibility of what it means to, to for this program to be among the nation's elite. And I think he's proven with his with his job so far on the recruiting trail, he's more than ready for the task. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit the website, uh, HeelToughBlog.com, where we had you covered with the commitment of Ian Jackson. You can go back and check out that article. I'll be getting you ready for the Boston College game this Tuesday with the preview and, of course, night of after the game. There will be a recap posted as well. As for football, Hubert, or Mac Brown landed his 10th recruit via the portal yesterday. Anthony has you covered with that and any other news that will trickle out of the Keenan Football Center as the team is now officially in offseason mode. 
As for the podcast, guys, uh, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up where we encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. That way, uh, people who haven't found the pod can find us. But more importantly, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. With that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs>